Jigs and Bigs is proud to announce we're being supported by Old Glory Outdoors. They're a veteran-owned company that carries fishing and hunting gear. Plus, they're highly active in supporting veteran organizations and charities. Old Glory is an authorized dealer of favorite rods, FX rods, Guggenbaits, X-Zone Lures, Sixth Sense, and many more. There's a brick-and-mortar store located in East Brookfield, Massachusetts, but you can also order online at oldgloryoutdoors.com. They ship anywhere in the lower 48 states or order online and pick up at the store. When you order, use the promo code JIGSANDBIGS and you'll save 10% off your complete order. Plus, you'll help support the show. Make sure to check out the apparel line called OGO Gear while you're there. Old Glory Outdoors believes in the slogan, start them young, to keep kids away from screens and enjoying nature. They've got a full array of live bait too. Check out oldgloryoutdoors.com and use the promo code JIGSANDBIGS, save some money, and gear up now. Hey guys, Bobby Roast Beef here for another episode of Jigs and Bigs. We've got a great show for you this week, man. I gotta tell you, it's been uh, it's been crazy. Uh, to, we, we're finally in summer right now in New England, and that means it's hot and it's humid, and uh, it definitely helps to get out there early and fish. One hundred percent. My goodness, it gets miserable out there midday, and the sun will get you. So this show is pretty dang good. I gotta tell you, I have uh, a really good guest. I have. Have uh, uh, actually uh, an old friend of uh, of Sean the Fisherman on the show, Jeremy Andrews. Well, he's he's the tournament director for New England Bassin, and uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about what New England Bassin does as far as tournaments in the area, events that they hold, how the uh, organization kind of works, and uh, and how uh, you can get involved if you would like to take part. It's uh, it's a really great interview. Has some great stuff to say, and uh, we definitely we talk uh, quite a bit about kayaks and uh, obviously fishing. But uh, it's pretty crazy. Speaking of kayaks, everybody. Um, um, so I've I have I have not pulled the trigger yet on a on a boat on a kayak. Um, I am one step a little bit closer though. I've been really monitoring for my first kayak. Uh, a lot of the classified ads, so Craigslist, Facebook, uh, Facebook Marketplace, things like that, and kind of looking at what's available. And I got to tell you, uh, I mean, a, a lot of people right now they get you know they get that bug to to buy uh, you know to get a kayak and, and get out on the water and, and get a little bit more. I guess I guess I would say a little bit more. Uh, uh, accessible, you know, uh, way to get into some spots where where maybe you can't, you know, as a bank angler. So when these go up, they go up pretty quickly. And my biggest hurdle was moving the kayak because uh, my what I drive is a, a small SUV and it doesn't have a roof rack on there. So I had uh, asked uh, on one of the um, bass Facebook groups, the bass fishing Facebook groups that I'm a member of, I had asked if anybody had my model of car and had used one of those. Those strap uh, uh, strap in uh, universal uh, mounts, and I was recommended by uh, one uh, group member to check out this company called Malone. And I looked into it, and uh, I, I I looked into it on uh, Bass Pro Shops, and they had what I needed, so I ordered that. So now I am that much closer to being able to pull the trigger on uh, a kayak that I'm actually interested in. So basically, what I'm looking for really 
is a 12-foot-long sit-on-top kayak. Why 12-foot? A lot of people say, why don't you just get a 10? It'll be a little bit easier to move. I'm a big dude. I'm a big guy. So I'd like to have the uh, the, the buffer room to be able to carry enough stuff on there. I want to do some interesting stuff with this kayak, too. While I'm on the subject of kayaks, guys, I do want to mention that uh, over at uh, our sponsor, uh, Old Glory Outdoors, they are working on uh, providing uh, not only kayak sales, but kayak rentals as well. So if you're in the area and you're looking to uh, fish nearby, you need to rent a kayak. They would uh, they would have something for you. And if you like it, if you get into it, then uh, that works out for you because then they can handle you as far as what they'll uh, what they've got lined up. Now, no word yet on what brands of of kayaks they're going to be carrying just yet. But if what they provide for fishing tackle, like the caliber of brands that they've got over there, is any kind of an indicator at all, I highly, highly, highly recommend that you go ahead and uh, and check it out. I feel pretty confident that they're not going to drop the ball when it comes to having high quality kayaks available for you to uh, to to rent and purchase. I think that's pretty cool, and I'm personally I'm looking forward to it when it comes time to find that. Um well, I guess I'll say that forever boat. You know what I mean? When you're like, okay, no, well, we're going to make this investment and, and go into something that's going to be, this is the one, you know, th- like that. Anyway, lots of great stuff going on. It's, it's been a really, really crazy week. The uh, Chronic Trips uh, virtual, ele- or the elevated virtual fishing tournament has uh, been kind of crazy. I'm going to go over the the, uh, the 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 standings and how that, what's been happening there. Uh, I will say this, Sean the Fisherman is officially the crowned prince of pickerel in the uh, the nation. He, I think he's caught, I, I, I'm not 100% sure, but he's caught a number of, of uh, pin-winning uh, pickerel in this last week. I mean, some of these were just, it was just, oh, wow, PB pickerel. Oh, another PB pickerel. Oh, look, a third PB pickerel. It's insane. And he's just been absolutely killing it. So I'll go over the standings and kind of explain, like, what's going on and everything in just a bit. I also had a breakthrough this week as far as fishing for myself. Uh, Saturday, I had gone out with my good buddy Paul. You remember him from episode two. We had gone fishing to a couple different bodies of water. We went to one body of water that I actually learned to fish at. That was the, the body of water when I was a young kid and I would catch pumpkin seed with a bobber and a, and a, and a hook and a worm. And I would uh, we went over there to fish and I saw, man, Paul was uh, in the weeds and he's he's fishing a topwater frog and he gets this topwater blow up. Amazing. Sets the hook and starts reeling her in and this fish jumps out of the water and you could see like Mouth to tail monster. I'm going to go on record and say it probably went a solid four pounds. Huge fish. Uh, my jaw was on the floor, standing right next to him. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And uh, jumps out of the water, and that was enough for that hook to let go, and bye, she took off. Shame indeed. But uh, it's not like that was the uh, the highest of all the high points, because yours truly, your boy, Bobby Rose Beef, you heard me mention that I had never ever caught a fish on a topwater frog before. I think I mentioned it with Becca. I think I mentioned it with a couple other guests, actually. Topwater frog is always the bane of my existence. Check that one off the list, boys. I uh, I, I, I landed myself uh, an LMB on a topwater frog. We went over to uh, another spot where we fish on occasion. It's one of these bah, bah, these ponds that you see from the Mass Turnpike, and uh, we looked at the map and found a way to access it, and you know went and we fished over there, and it was unbelievable, man. Uh, 
uh, he had uh, Paul had caught a pickerel on a buzzbait, direct sunlight too. It was like not what I would expect for the top water bite. But I decided to throw the frog based solely on the fact that there was so much vegetation and so many many weeds up at the surface that I would just swim the frog right on top. And it was probably about five feet away from the bank. I had probably come and uh, and and worked the frog in about ninety percent of the way, and this just this monster blow up. And I I think I figured out what it was i was literally counting the time like how much how long like how many seconds and instead i just went with my gut and i just went once i felt a little bit of tension pop that hook right in we're good to go fantastic then as if that wasn't good enough i went and i hooked a second top water frog just today i was over at mount tom at bray lake and uh, everybody knows that that place is full of vegetation full of weeds and pads and uh same same deal same deal a uh, little bit smaller fish this time around but man it was it was a good one and it's nice to kind of get the monkey off my back when it comes to the top water frog because i'll tell you it is a presentation that i want to really love and appreciate but it you know I, I understand it's hard to do that when you don't necessarily have the confidence you know uh in that in that lure or in that bait or in your skills to be able to, to land it per se now before we get into the standings for chronic trips in the uh, virtual fishing tournament i do want to talk about something major and that is that jigs and bigs officially has a website yep absolutely so uh, jigsandbigs.com is up and live for you to go check out right now now what's there well, basically, it's like it's 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 like um, the Grand Central Station almost of this podcast. So if you don't know anything about Jigs and Bigs or podcasts in general, and you're just like, I just want to check out this show. I got a sticker from this guy at the, my local pond, and he said it was a great show. You can uh, just go to jigsandbigs.com. You can stream the show right from the page if you want. You can download the episodes if you would like right from the page. But on top of that, you can also easily get to Apple Podcasts. You can easily get to Spotify. You can easily get to Google Podcasts. You can easily get to a lot of the other podcast platforms that we're affiliated right there. There's links all over the place. Just go check it out. But what is the other thing that jigsandbigs.com is? It's a blog. And we've got plans for that. Now, right now, there's not a whole lot going on there. We're kind of setting up some roles. And uh, Sean the Fisherman has actually well, he's kind of stepped up to the plate and he's got a great idea. I'm not going to I'm not going to like reveal what it is yet. But uh, there will be some content there on a very regular basis of uh, great information that you can use, uh, as well as, uh, you know, just some some good stories as well. And we'll be using that space, that blog, as a way to extend beyond the podcast. So, uh, for instance, I may have a, a guest in the future. I'm not dropping any hints or anything like that, but I may have a guest in the future. We might have a really great conversation, and that guest might have a certain specialty, a certain bit of uh, information or something that can that can be offered to sort of enhance the interview. Well, that guest there may be making an appearance uh, on the blog and uh, providing us with some resources to use to kind of go beyond just the interview of talking about fishing and having a good time on this show. So it kind of is going to be like sort of the backseat to the podcast where if there's any other additional information, anything like that, maybe episode breakdowns, who knows where this could go. The the, uh, the 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 sky's the limit, really, so to speak. It's it, we're really looking in a really good spot here. So jigsandbigs.com. The other reason why jigsandbigs.com is great is that you can get your official. 
officially licensed merchandise right there for the show. Want to support the show, but you want to look good doing it? Well, official merch is the way to go. Jigsandbigs.com. There's a store tab. Click on that. You can order. This is what we have currently. We have uh, T-shirts. We have long sleeve T-shirts. We have tank tops. We have hoodies. Two different designs. We've got our logo design and then the Blackheart design. We also have just launched this week hats. Yes, we have hats from our bonfire store. We have a snapback, flat brim, and we also have like a more of a relaxed style, like a dad style hat as well. Both of those are only available with the logo, but uh, go check them out. They're over at uh, jigsandbigs.com in the store. So let's go ahead and fire up the old Fish Donkey app and take a look at how these standings are for our Chronic Trips Elevated Virtual Fishing Tournament. It really has been an adventure this week. Not so much for your boy because, I mean, quite honestly... Everything I have caught has not helped me at all. I haven't been recording any of the fish that I've caught because they haven't, I, they've all been largemouth bass for the most part. And uh, that's about the only category I'm, uh, category I'm showing. And I really, if I'm going to, if I'm going to get on here at all, I have to start going all out and go multi-species. Let's go ahead and get to it. Our, our, our stringers that we have currently, we have four entries on uh, catfish. I believe that was the same as last week. And I don't think anything's changed. We've got Brock Jenkins in fourth place at 11.5 inches, 12.75 for third place. Mark Huar Jr. We've got Joey Merked at 14 inches on the nose in second place. And Sean the Fisherman, 14 and a half inches. That is the stringer of catfish. For crappie, we have five entries. Sean the Fisherman comes in at eight and three-quarter inches in fifth place. Joey Merked at 11, 11.75. We've got Mark Huar Jr. Uh, in third place. Twelve uh, to Second place, we've got 12 inches. Devin McDaniel, second place for crappie. And then we've got uh, Jeremy Andrews with 12 and a quarter inch. Very close up there that Jeremy Andrews uh, is that is I think a new addition this week nice job so that is crappie let's take a look at haddock still only one haddock Brock Jenkins has that lockdown 19 inches largemouth bass now we've got 11 people already in here uh, your boy is not in last place which is great thank goodness Brock Jenkins comes in at 10 inches we've got Laura Huard with 13 and a quarter inches uh, ninth place belongs to me I've got uh, 14 inches there Devin McDaniel comes in 14 and three quarter. We've got Joey Merked at 15 inches. Uh, Nelson DaCosta comes in sixth place, 16 inches. Jesse Clark. Jesse comes in with 16 and a half inches in fifth place, 17 inches for Mark Huar Jr. We've got uh, Jeremy Andrews at 18 inches. LMB. Nice job. Sean the Fisherman. Second place with 18 and a half inches. And at 18 three quarter, we've got Dennis Triantaphilopoulos in first place. 18 and three quarter inches. I mean, it's like it's 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 really fairly close in there. And uh, I, I know, you know, I've seen pictures just this week of 21 inch largemouth bass on on some of the Facebook groups. I know they're out there. We just got to get on them. That's what that's really what we need. Let's take a look. Uh, Northern Pike. Still, we are this today. Today is the 22nd where we're going into like the last week of the tournament here and nobody's caught a northern pike at all believe me 
I, I, I've, I've been trying. Uh, we've got Stringer Perch, three entries. Mark Huar Jr. at 10 inches. We got 10.5 for Joey Merck for Perch. Second place at 10.5 inches. We got first place, Sean the Fisherman with a foot long perch. That's a big old perch. Chain Pickerel, this is where things got kind of nuts. Now, this is what we're looking at. Brock Jenkins comes in at 16 inches. Uh, Chain Pickerel, sixth place. Fifth place, Mark Huar Jr. at uh, 18 and a quarter. We got 20 inches for Joey Merck. Nelson DaCosta comes in in third place at 20 and a quarter, 21 inches on the nose for Dennis Triantafilopoulos. And we've got Sean the Fisherman at 25 and a half inches. Now, that was that was just one that he caught. I think he's got another one in the stringer of five. Smallmouth Bass. We have two entries there. Devin McDaniel at 13 three-quarter inches for Smallmouth. First place goes to Sean the Fisherman, 17 and a quarter inch. That is a beast. Oh, my goodness. Nice job, Sean. Striped Bass. We have some new entries here. Mark Huard Jr. comes in 19 three-quarter inches at fourth place. Third place is Laura Huard at 22 and a half inches. We got Brock Jenkins with a 25 in second place. And first place belongs to Sean the Fisherman with 26 inches. Stringer Sunfish, we've only got two entries. They're the same as last week. I believe Devin McDaniel comes in eight and a quarter. And at eight and three quarters, we've got Sean the Fisherman in first. Trout is where things get pretty interesting as well. We got Brock Jenkins at 12 and a quarter. We've got Sean the Fisherman at 12 and a half. Nelson DaCosta comes in at 14 and a half. Nice little lead there. That's third place. Second place is Mark Huard Jr., 21 inches. And Laura Huard comes in at 22 and a half. Nice little lead. One cod for Aaron Coleman. Uh, he's in first place with cod, 24 and a half inches. Nice job. Stringer of mackerel belongs to Brock Jenkins with a 14-inch mackerel. We've got no tuna, though there is a, uh, a tuna charter uh, that's that's in the works. I'm not 100% sure on the details with that, but uh, it's possible we could see some tuna show up on the, uh, on the, on the, on the standings within uh, the next week. Let's see, five any other fish. Now, this is an interesting uh, little little category here because th with this one spot on here, these are five any species counts. You count the inches, and they just kind of total up. Let's take a look. We have seven entries here in seventh place. Brock Jenkins comes in with a total for stringer of five of 22 inches. Devin McDaniel comes in with a total of 39 and a quarter inches for sixth place. 79 inches for Nelson DaCosta in fifth. We've got Mark Huar Jr., 86 and a half inches. That's fourth place. Joey Merck comes in 95 and a quarter inches for third place. A little bit of a jump here. Uh, Sean the Fisherman, 133 and three quarter inches for second place. He has, uh, I'm not 100% sure all the, the, the uh, species necessarily, but he's got a 28 and a quarter, a 27 and a quarter, a 27. He has a 26 and a 25 and a quarter. Uh, a lot of these are pike and stripers. Uh, nice job. Oh, wow. That's, that's the second striper. My goodness. There's a lot of stripers going on here. Yeah, and pike. And uh, I'm sorry, not pike. Pickerel. Did I say pike? I think I did. I meant pickerel. All right. So that is Sean Dominic. But first place, first place with only four fish and a total of 136.5 inches. It's Aaron Coleman. Aaron Coleman has four entries there with a total of over 136 inches. This is where our shark comes in. This is where, what else do we have here? Oh, that's another shark. My God. 
My goodness. I see how this is going. Aaron Coleman, nice job. Nice job. Okay, so that is the current standings right now as far as all of that goes. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of info right now into our what the standings look like from Chronic Trips. They have been providing leaderboards at the conclusion of uh, each, each day, for, uh, for the most part anyway. I'm going to go over the last uh, entry that they put out. Uh, the leaderboard for day 21. This is at the end of yesterday. The longest, uh, the the longest overall stringer in total is Sean the Fisherman at 277 one quarter inches. That is unbelievable. The longest overall fish is the uh, spiny dogfish from Aaron at 43 inches. And the catch, uh, there is an award for catching a bigger brown trout than uh, can athlete Mark Laura. With 22 and a half inches there for the uh, largest brown trout, uh, larger than Mark Huar Jr.'s. Nice job. You guys, this has been a whole lot of fun. I just had a conversation with Sean the Fisherman about uh, this tournament, uh, things that we learned about it, things that were, you know, it was was a whole lot of fun. And, and, you know, I mean, he's a guy who said he had an absolute blast. You know, getting out there and fishing multi-species. And I feel like there there definitely needs to be something that's said about that. It was really cool to kind of, you know, be a part of this. And we still have another week. Who knows? It can get kind of crazy. This coming weekend, I have a little get-together with uh, the guys over at Hookset Hoodlums. We're getting together with Bill and Andrew. Uh, and I think I think it's just Bill and Andrew coming up. And uh, Sean the Fisherman and I will be there. We're going to take some kayaks out. We're going to go and get on some fish nice and early. And then we're going to stop over at... Uh, uh, Old Glory Outdoors and uh, just kind of check in and then we'll probably do a little bit of shopping as well. Why not? Why not? Why not? It's going to be a whole lot of fun. I am really, really looking forward to it. Before I get to this, um, well, before I get to this this segment here for today, I want to go ahead and uh, throw something out there. Uh, I had a listener, uh, a listener reach out to me on, uh, what was it? Did, it? did Not on Instagram directly. He reached out to me on Fishbrain. He reached out on Fishbrain. Uh, his name is Brady. And uh, Brady had uh, reached out to, to, to basically just say that he likes the show, digs it, listens to it while he's fishing, which I think is a great idea. Uh, I'm a big fan of listening to music while I'm fishing as well or listening to anything, podcast, music, you name it. You know, put all that uh, all that out there. And he, 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 you know, contacted me to share all this. And he shared a picture of his new personal best. And it's a tank. I asked him if I could share that image on our Instagram. And uh, and I did. And it's been, you guys apparently have been liking the hell out of it. It's really, really great. So, Brady, uh, you have been killing it, man. Thanks so much for reaching out. I totally, totally, totally appreciate you uh, reaching out to me and uh, sharing your, uh, your your new major accomplishment with the, the new PB. Nice job. Uh, he's actually all the way out in Cali. He's in California, so it uh, it's pretty cool that we are we have some folks from all over the world that have been listening to uh, to this show, which is which is awesome, you know. And it, I love that. By all means, everybody, we're gonna go ahead and get to our interview with Jeremy. In uh, well, we'll get to actually. I'll tell you what. Let's do this. Let's take a short break. We'll come back with Sean the Fisherman, and then we'll get into our interview with Jeremy right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Sean. 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 This is Sean the Fisherman with my weekly fishing-related story. I just want to talk a little bit about stuff around a fishing trip early in the morning, the crazy stuff you can see on weekends when you stop into your local convenience store, dealing with people possibly coming out of bars and or clubs. A few years ago, I had experimented a bit with the the, uh, footwear style where you could see your feet and it's minimalist footwear and they were great for fishing. They dried quickly, somewhat comfortable too. Well, I stopped into a pride to get gas and coffee at three or four o'clock in the morning, right after the clubs had gone out in West Springfield. Uh, the pride was in West Springfield. And there was a large group of club goers, more than likely intoxicated, that immediately stopped to look at me. And I thought there was going to be a problem coming. And the tallest, largest amongst them pointed at my shoes and said, that motherfucker got his feeties on. That was the last time I wore Vibram five fingers. Thanks. I'm Sean the Fisherman. Talk to you next week. <laughs> And now for our feature presentation. Hey guys, Bobby Roast Beef here for Jigs and Bigs, and I've got Jeremy Andrews here with me. We're going to get to know a little bit about how he fell into fishing and how how it kind of all kind of came together. We're also uh, going to talk quite a bit about, uh, well, he is part of the New England Bassin League. We're going to talk about that, some of the kayak tournaments that uh, they put together. Jeremy, how you doing, buddy? Doing Fantastic. Awesome. Fantastic. Very, very nice. Nice. So uh, you've got, uh, you had reached out to me and uh, we have like one degree of separation between the two of us. And that's uh, the show's very own Sean the Fisherman. Yes, sir. Very nice. <laughs> Sean, very and very I, nice. Sean and I go way back. I mean, we've been friends since, since high school. Yep. Uh, so, you know, we've been fished together a little bit in high school, but more so probably in the last six, seven years where, you know, we've gotten competitive a little bit as well. So. Oh, yeah. It started out first first time ever kayak fishing was out with him. So, yep, same um, here. That was my first time on a kayak was was one of his boats. And I heard a, heard a little bit. I was listening to the podcast last week, and you're talking about being out in the wind, and that's uh, that's always fun. <laughs> it's so. man, I'll tell you what, and it it really is like I'm I'm built like a sail. I'm unbelievably wide. It's just like uh, it just takes me for a ride. Unbelievable. But I had a blast. I feel your pain. Yeah, I, I absolutely had a blast, and, and I'm actually I'm in the market looking for. I'm either going down the road of either going for a fishing kayak or or a small boat, like a John boat, uh, something along those lines. No gas power, something something small yep. and light. I can move around anywhere. So I'm looking around. If you know anybody, let me know, and I'll uh, I'll I, definitely definitely take a look. Hit me up afterwards. A buddy of mine's got a ten foot John boat for sale right now. So. Oh, really? Perfect. Yep. All right. So let's go ahead and jump right in here. Uh, main thing, Jeremy, that I'm trying to do is is sort of get an idea of of where everybody's sort of kind of how they've come into bass fishing, um, the road that they got there. And it's sort of like a little experiment of mine to see uh, it's so far it's starting to prove true how it all kind of goes, uh, how, how they kind of get to this point. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit about like how you were introduced to fishing and then how you progress to the point now to where you're, where you're competing and where you're doing it on more of a competitive level in tournaments. Of course. So, Started fishing when I was a little kid. I mean, ever since I can remember going out with my dad when I was a kid, uh, we used to have a family friend. We, he would go out with us all the time as well. And 
you know, a lot of great childhood memories growing up fishing and kind of getting the bug there. I mean, started off with crawlers and a bobber sitting on the side of a lake somewhere. Yep. Um, we always had a boat growing up as well. So not a bass boat or anything, more of a ski boat, but, uh, yeah. you know, we would be out on the Connecticut river up above the Turner's falls dam. We used to camp up there almost every weekend out in the middle of an Island, no electricity, no power. So being a young kid, the only thing I had to do was fish. Yep. Um, so that's all I did. I walk up and down the sides of the Island and just fish. Um, and that's kind of where I, my love, love of the sport grew. Um, I've been kind of progressing through the years, getting a little bit older. We did a bunch of, you know, just a bunch of guys from high school getting together, doing some kind of stupid fun tournaments or whatever down in the Chickabee River in the cove down there. And, you know, six, seven, eight of us. And yep. at the end of the day, whoever caught the most fish, that's kind of where it went. So it's probably the first taste of competitive fishing. Um, you know, kind of fished through high school, a little bit through college, you know, nothing too crazy. Just whenever I had a chance, I would go. Um, as I got older, probably mid thirties or so started seeing this, there was a, a website called mass fish finder and gotcha. uh, Sean and I kind of got into it a little bit and we would uh, talk to a couple guys out from the Eastern side of the state and we'd go out and fish a couple tournaments with these guys. And they were just, they were, there was nothing as far as organization at this point. It's just yeah. a bunch of guys meeting in the parking lot, throwing money at a guy. And at the end of the day, whoever had the biggest bag of fish ended up winning, you yep. know, went home with some money or whatever. Um, so that's kind of how I got into the tournament side of it. Um, any bassin, I kind of fell into just a friend of mine sent me a text one day, said, Hey, go check these guys out. So checked them out. And that was about, this is my third season fishing with them. And, uh, first year was an absolute struggle. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely in my head as much as bought as much as I could be, you know, fish flopping off the board, you yep. know, you name it. It happened that first year. Um, last year did very well. Um, was sitting in about second second about a point in front of third place for the overall championship and then we moved my daughter into college so i missed the championship events oh man yeah <laughs> so you know priorities though got to take care you got to take care of her so definitely moved moved on from there and then we're sitting here this year um i'm a tournament director with any bassin um this is actually my second year so i fished last year i fished three different divisions with them so we have an individual kayak series out of western mass so we fit anywhere basically from sturbridge all the way over to um to Pittsfield, basically New York line. Yep. Same thing. Then the division I run does the same thing. You know, we're at Sturbridge all the way over. We kind of cross over into other areas as well. Yeah. And so fish the Eastern mass team series as well. Um, last year. So a lot of traveling, a lot of different, a lot of different stuff, which, which is really cool. I, I enjoy it. Um, it was a little too much running your own trail and doing everything. So it was, uh, this year I'm only doing two series, uh, my trail and then the Western mass series. So, gotcha. so good. Uh, fish a tournament yesterday. And I uh, ended up coming in first place like yesterday. So. Nice. Congrats, man. All right. So let's talk now um, about how, so so we kind of discussed, let's get actually right into it. Let's talk about the moment where you, um, well, what was the moment, two actually specific moments, the one that you're like most proud of. It doesn't need to be your PB or anything, but like a moment in, in fishing where you're just like, if I'm going to share the story, whether it just be like, you know, a, a, a battle, you know, or a grind or just one catch that you're the most proud of. And also what's the biggest epic fail you've ever had out at the water? Like something, just some bonehead maneuver. All right. So best thing that I've ever had in the water, and this has nothing to do with catching a fish or anything else is yep. every father's day for years. Um, I would go out with my dad and my brothers, we go fishing. Um, but the, the two or three years that are most memorable for me are when uh, my daughter would actually go out with me. Uh, she's 19 now. She yep. doesn't want to go fishing anymore. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> but we have a great time. We had a great time when we went out. And there was one year, she was probably about, 
say 13 years old or so. And we're out and uh, we borrowed a buddy of mine's tandem kayak. And she's like, dad, just tell me where you want to fish and I'll paddle you around the lake. And that's pretty much what we did all day. So oh, I would say that, that was probably the best, awesome. best thing out on the water. So, I mean, that was, to me, that was fantastic. Just being able to spend time with her out, out there for the day and do, do something like that. On yeah. A, you know, just to be able to fish for that day. Um, but if we had to say, you know, just epic time on the water, um, night out with Sean, uh, we're on the lake with the, uh, the, the porno lake, let's put it that way. Oh, the porno uh, house. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. He told me I had to, I had to put that in here today. So, um, we're out on that lake and just fishing with him between the two of us. We caught four over five pounds that night. No kidding. Yeah. That's it was just, killer. it was an epic night on the water. Um, you know, it, we had a fantastic time. Then another night out with another buddy of mine. Yep. Um, I didn't catch the fish Sean didn't, but he ended up catching a seven out of that same place. So no it was kidding. just, you know, those, those times being out on the water with those guys are probably, are they're probably the coolest part of anything. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. I think um, that's, that's, you, you nailed it. Like it's experience, you know, I mean, you kind of, even when you're not like, it's, it's, it's awesome when you, everybody's catching fish, but even if you're not catching them just to be there when like something real memorable or whether it be a story or a catch or whatever it might be, like those are the things that you're going to keep forever. You know, that's, that's exactly. really cool. Now, what about the biggest epic fail? Like, what's the thing that so you were just biggest like, ep- it's bad. <laughs> biggest epic fail. Uh, we fished a, uh, I was fishing a tournament called a, uh, what is it called? A grudge match, basically. Okay. So you're fishing one V you're fishing one V one. I was fishing against this guy from Eastern mass. We were out in Halifax um, had a pretty decent day on the water. Yep. Uh, had him beat, get in to go get out of the kayak. It was in my old kayak, which wasn't super stable. I'm not a small guy. So I ended up what I didn't realize when I hit it on the shore is there was a rock underneath the hull of the boat. Oh. So I go to shimmy up to go get out and boat tips over. I go on the water. Water's about 55 degrees. It was only chest high. So not, not big deal. Getting out. all my gear goes out. Yeah. I'm going to notice me at the same time, my phone goes to the bottom of the lake. So it's all catch photo release. My pictures are at the bottom of the lake. The guy I'm fishing against says, Hey, you know, I trust you. If you got to lie to me to fish, you know, not, not a big deal. Uh, so we called the tournament director. He's like, I can't do it. So we ended up having to refish it. And I caught one fish that day versus his three. Oh, ended up no. So, yeah. And a, and a phone at the same time. And a so phone. Buy a new phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, uh, so. you know, I'll tell you, I, I had uh, a situation. I was out fishing with Sean and uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing a tournament now. It's it's like my first ever tournament and it's it's primarily just for fun, uh, you know, but it's it's interesting how competitive you get. Like it really, really mm-hmm. is. So if I, you know, Sean had offered, he says, hey, let's go out. Well, we, you know, he's he's involved with it, too. And we had gone out to uh, a couple of spots. We fished a bit, and and just the, you know, like I said, I can count on one on one hand the amount of times I've fished from a kayak. So landing a fish and doing, like you said, the catch photo release, getting that process together, is you know takes some some finesse. There's definitely a learning curve before you really get it down. I've seen him catch and measure a fish, and it's like it's he's just done it so many times. You know, it's same thing yeah. with you. I'm sure exactly. You just you know it's like second nature. I'm fumbling with my phone. I have I I I, I net this fish, which actually would have would have helped me significantly in one of the categories. Uh, I, I have him in the net, and I'm fumbling to get my phone. I've got my measuring board that I remembered to bring it. That was the first epic fail. I had had my measuring board. I go to take the measurement and 
Fish flops out of the net, and I'm thinking, great, it's no problem. Still got the jig in his mouth. We're good. I go to lift up the rod, and here comes the jig. It's like, oh, he's loose at the boat. Now a big guy sitting in, in what was it? It's, an, it's a 12-foot ascend that I was using, and the seat's pretty low. I'm not mm-hmm. getting up. It's not yeah. happening. It's just not <laughs> happening. So I'm trying to get the, you know, you know, motion, motion him back into the net so that I can bring him over and get a measurement because I've got the phone and he does one more flip and self-releases. I'm like, you son of a bitch. Oh. So that's like, oh, yeah. it's, it can be heartbreaking when you're out there. Oh, definitely. Like, there's so many different elements. Definitely. I was out uh, last weekend fishing against uh, a guy who's actually, uh, fish is very competitively man i think i'm competitive but these guys are fishing down in the potomac river in virginia this week yep and we had a 1v1 tournament last week and it was uh he beat me by i think like an inch and a half at the end of the day so it was a really close match and he's probably one of the best fishermen out here so i was pretty happy even losing by an inch and a half yeah but my uh, my upgrade fish i was fishing with a drop shot with seven pound test yep and even a pound and a half fish do not boat flip on seven pound no way yeah for sure (laughs) That's- Luckily, it landed and stayed in the kayak. But I'm sitting there like, oh, I got. I'm like, oh, you're you're stupid. Don't do that. <laughs> too close. Yeah, yeah. That's too yeah. close to call, man. A hundred percent. What are, um, Jeremy? What are a couple of your favorite styles of bodies of water to, to fish? Are, are you more of like a a big lake fisherman? Do you like rivers? I I fished them all. Obviously, I yep. really prefer some smaller lakes. I like something that I can get on, get around pretty quick. Yeah. Um, and and just catch a bunch of fish. Um, I went out couple days ago or last week just to go check out a spot i'm like i need a confidence builder so i went to a a lake that just has all small fish but in an hour and a half caught 20 something fish and felt good about myself going out the rest of the week so um so small lakes are fun when it comes to big bodies of water um i think it all comes down to kind of research um especially being you know fishing the tournaments i mean it comes down to um i have a team tournament this week on onada Yep. Um, I just sent my partner, I just went over the map and X'd out a bunch of places I want to go fish. I'm like, all right, what do you think? And it's, you know, it's Sunday. We're not fishing until next Saturday. Yeah. So it definitely comes down to where can I maximize my time on a body of water? Yeah. Uh, that's the, that's definitely the, uh, the key point to me. You know, for uh, like, especially like with, with any bass and I, I hear a lot of people that are in tournaments will go and pre-fish ahead of time mm-hmm. do you do you guys also do that regularly like go out a day in advance or something to just kind of like f- feel it out sometimes if it's a yeah. brand new body of water i will um this year just because of everything going on i haven't had as much time to go yeah. pre-fish um but i've only had it once where i went out and pre-fish let's say a day or two before where i went to the lake the next day mm-hmm. and actually had the same experience as i did you know, the day prior. Yeah. A lot of times you're going out and you know where you think they are that day. They're not there the next day. It can just change um, over. The next, yeah. Correct. I mean, it, the wind starts blowing the other direction and it's completely different from when you were there a couple of days before. Yep. Um, so sometimes I'll pre-fish normally. I wouldn't say a day. I'd usually try to go a week before just to get an idea where, where things are and what kind of what the lakes, what the yeah. lake looks like, especially if you've never been there before. You, yeah. Um, you get the layout and then you kind of know what, what quality the water is and, you know, correct. have an idea. You can at least, if nothing else, you can show up and kind of know what you're going to throw for colors, you know, yep. or what you have to have tied on and save some time. That, that makes sense. I was always curious with some of these, these, uh, these smaller organizations, uh, or if it was just like, you know, the, the, the major players, like the, the, the tour grade level, um, tournaments, if, if they were the ones that were going out and, and, and pre-fishing in advance or anything like that, I'd never considered that before. That's interesting. And also for, for when you're in a kayak pre-fishing, I think, and planning in advance, 
probably has a little bit more weight to it and is more valuable to you than if you're in a bass boat and you can zip up and down to different spots that much quicker because time time is progress really when it comes to fishing oh definitely i mean especially i'll go back i mean i've, I've got a, i have one of the predator pdls which is a game changer unto itself but when i was paddling i had a a jackson 13 foot jackson cuda not a yep. light kayak not easy to maneuver um would get me where I wanted to go is a great fishing boat, yeah. but I had to plan my day out and know. So there, there's times that I'm kind of a stubborn fisherman. If I think there's fish there, I'll sit on that spot all day and really try to work that one area. Story of my life. I mean, you, you only have six hours to fish or seven yeah. hours to fish in a tournament. I've got to maximize my fishing time, not traveling back and forth up and down a lake. So yep. um, I, there's other guys I know that kind of road run around the lake. They just keep going around, around the whole lake, you know, one or two laps, just trying to find those pick fish off as they go. Sometimes yeah. it works. Sometimes it doesn't no different than my, my strategy of I'm going to sit on this spot. I know there's fish here and I'm going to wait until I figure it, figure them out. You're going to so, dial them in one way or the other. Yeah, exactly. Nice. And that's, that's really what I did this weekend. I mean, I uh, started out in a spot and I, we got to get out on the lake a little bit early with all the social distancing. Instead of just launching at seven, we went out at six 30. I got to the spot. I wanted to fish on the lake and, mm-hmm. As I'm going out there, there's this like blow up of, of bait fish on top. I didn't know what they were at the time. And sitting there talking to one of the other anglers that were kind of close by. And yep. all of a sudden we see like three or four of these blow ups all over the place. And we're looking around and I'm like, we're, we figure out that they're perch sitting yep. up on the top. So I'm like, there's definitely got to be bigger fish below the smaller fish, even mm-hmm. if they're chasing fish. So I pretty much sat in that area all morning and I had a limit by tournament started at seven. I had a limit by eight fifteen, and then just continued to kind of, I pounded away on that one area yeah. all day. And, um, it's a good position to like be I, in, you know, when you've already oh, got was, the limit. Yeah. <laughs> hour and 15 minutes in, that's not normal for me. I'm usually, you know, two fish and then chasing the other one for the other six hours yeah. trying to put and that pressure on. That's so. where the anxiety comes from. Cause you're like, son of a bitch. I got to make, I need mm-hmm. to at least fill my limit, you know, and at least know that I'm not short shorting myself. By by an yep. entire entry. No, that's that's exactly. awesome. Uh, what's your like in your your opinion? Even just recently, because I know that this this can change. But like, what's your main confidence bait, and how did you develop that relationship with it? So my main confidence bait for the last two years has been a Ned Rig. Yeah. Um, all day, every day, yep. I throw it in weeds. I throw it rocky bottom. Some people look at me funny when I'm sitting there putting a six-inch trick worm on the back of it or something. <laughs> so I've gotten creative with them. Yeah. Uh, they've really been they've been that bait that when nothing else is working, I throw that throw that on. Um, and depending on the cover, that's how I you know I'll work it fast, work it slow. Yep. Um, it, it just depends on uh, on the day really, but. I'm I'm with you. I love I love a Ned rig. There's just there's so much yeah. you can do with it. But it's funny that you say that about about um you know putting a six inch trick worm on there. I fish shaky heads all the time. It's the same yep. same application. <laughs> exactly. With you, all that you're basically doing is not having to buy one head. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it, it's just what is the terminal tackle that'll go the difference for it? Go the distance for you? And it's just it's awesome. Do you uh you ever use the EWG uh, Ned heads? Yes, yeah, love them. They're great. Love them. They're Absolutely great. love them. Um, so they've been a, that's actually really been my go-to all year this year. Yeah. You know, it's great when you're trying to fish some heavier cover. I mean, they don't they rip out of it relatively well. It's not perfect every time, but oh, that, yeah. I love the EWG Ned. Yeah, so. I mean, but you don't have that exposed point. You can toss it all over the place. Mm-hmm. What's your what's your favorite what's your go-to plastic for a Ned rig? Like like a, a Ned size, like TRD. What's your go-to? So I use the TRD ticklers. They're actually like the step down from the what's it, the hula sticks? Uh, yeah, the they're hula a little sticks. bit smaller. They're yeah. about 
probably close a half inch smaller mm-hmm. and put those on with a, a, a one odd EWG and they, they've been deadly all year. I've um, been, uh, I've been using see. those hula sticks as a drop shot bait. They're great. Mm-hmm. That's a good, that's a good one too. Yeah. And that's what I really like with the, uh, Elastec's putting them on like an extra wide gap hook. Cause yep. you're trying to put them on a standard net. They are such a pain to try to push all the way down, get them to stick in place and stay where oh, they're yeah. supposed to. The EWG, it's like made, it's made for those. And then, you know, one bait lasts you three weeks before you, you know, you decide to change colors because that will, one's not working anymore. I will <laughs> definitely say like, that is one thing. Like it is the Z-Man stuff with the Elastec. It is worth taking the precautions to keep them separate from your other plastics and precautions mm-hmm. and storing them because they, they do, they hold up so, so well. If I'm looking for like Great. something that floats, I, 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 I love their stuff. The TR, what did I use yep. as a drop shot? And it just cleaned up. I needed, I think it was the TRD hogs, which looks mm-hmm. almost like a little Helgamite type shape. Yep. Um, yep. And it's, uh, it, it was just killer. But I was like, I needed downsize, downsize, downsize on a drop shot. And I was using a small uh, EWG. And I just popped that on there. And I had to change colors. I was like, what am I using? I, I got to switch up black and blue. It's kind of dirty water. So I threw a black and blue uh, uh what is it? The, the TRD hogs and just hammered them. I mean, it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. I can't awesome. get over. Yeah, I, I do. I'm a big fan of, I'm, I'm a big finesse fisherman anyway. If mm-hmm. I, if I had to, well, actually this goes perfect with my next, next question. But if, if I had to only bring one rod, it would be, be my spinning combo. If I only had to bring one, it would be that. Um, so actually, that goes right into my next question. Let's say you were going to a body of water. Let's say you're traveling, okay? And you, you know, you're not stuck with any one necessary body of water or anything like that. But just for the sake of being able to travel light, you can only bring one combo. What would that combo be? It's going to be my uh, my medium light spinning combo. Um, it's a Kistler rod. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They're one of the they're one of our rod sponsors with any Bassin, and uh, they're uh-huh. absolutely fantastic. Um, so I'd be bringing that rod. It'd be paired up with uh, I can't remember the real company. It's it's one of the ones that Sean introduced you to. It's the that he was talking or talking about in the first second episode that you had. It's I think it's Sugalang or something like that. They're cheap twenty dollar oh, yeah. rod twenty dollar uh, spinning combos, but they're absolutely. They, I think they're great. Yeah. Um, paired up with that and eight eight pound tests and. And then rig and let's go have at go it, to so. town. See, that's yep. kind of my the way I, I look at it. It's more like I'm not much of a of, of a of a frog fisherman, so I'm not really going to focus on areas that are like that. I'm going to go where I can throw the majority of my gear. So you mm-hmm. know, it's like yeah, I would bring I would bring a spinning combo and 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 throw you know neds and drop shots and and weightless soft plastics and and more lighter tackle than uh, you know worrying about necessarily bringing my bait casters per se. Though I yeah. I, I love them. Um, let's talk about uh, oh, this is a good question. A lot of people have. This question started out as kind of a joke, and it's just kind of grown and grown and grown. And I'm sure you've heard some of these already, but there's a saying amongst the uh, tackle industry that tackle companies and bait manufacturers specifically catch more suckers selling their products than the products will actually catch fish. So with that said, in your lifetime, what is like the most ridiculous fishing trend that you've seen come around as far as uh, lures go? Um, and have you been guilty of using it? What were the results if you did? Um, so the one that I probably I'm gonna that I've been guilty of using is I use a banjo minnow as a kid. I know I, I've heard that come up numerous oh, times yeah. in the podcast, but yep. it was one that 
you know, you see the infomercial and I don't remember, I think an aunt bought it for me for Christmas or whatever. So obviously being 10 years old, I had to go, I had to go use it. Definitely. Um, but as far as anything recent, I mean, there's been, there's so many different things out there. Um, I know some guys think like the, that spider that uh, Lunker Hunter came out with yep. is, is really good. And maybe it is, but that's one of the ones that I look at. I'm like, it's just, I don't know where, why I would throw it or where I'm like, I've, I've been fishing for years. I've never seen a fish eat a spider, but it doesn't mean they won't. Yeah. So, oh yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll eat anything, uh, but yeah. So that's probably one for me that would be kind of that off the wall one that I may not have, uh, may not ever throw, <laughs> but I can definitely see, definitely see it out there as, you know, being something that, you know, anybody would throw. I mean, there's so many different things. You got the dragonfly that they make. I mean, there's been, uh, I wish I, I can't remember the company, but there's a couple of them. They're like, they're supposed to be frog baits, but I couldn't even tell you what they look like. Oh yeah. Um, so I love when I see a topwater frog in like a bluegill pattern, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> it's just exactly. like, Oh man, you know, but Hey, it's, you know, it's all good. And at the end of the day, like your topwater stuff, really the, the color that matters is what's on the bottom. The top, they could yeah. put like a self portrait. It does not matter. Uh, it just matters what, what color that belly is and it yeah. goes through and what they're what going they to see. Hit, so. Exactly. Exactly. What's your, what would you say is like your most unusual talent? Either it doesn't necessarily have to be fishing related, but it can. Most unusual talent for me. I don't know if I even have one to be quite honest with yep. you. Um, but maybe it's stuff around that my wife might say my unusual talent is that I can save us a lot of money by fixing a whole lot of stuff around the house without having there a clue go. what to do. So that's handy as hell, man. No <laughs> yeah. pun intended. That is, yeah, that's exactly. great to have. It, it really is. But um, yeah, besides that, I mean, I'm pretty fishing wise. I wouldn't say I have any. You know, I try to do a lot of things well. Yep. Um, and each each year, and I think this probably goes to every fisherman is I just try to go out there and teach myself something new every year. Yep. Uh, exactly. Whether it's a new new style of fishing. Um, I remember years ago, I'd never thrown a spinner bait. So I'm like, all right, time to teach myself how to use a spinner bait. Yeah. Um, you know, this year I'm not a, I'm not a great jig fisherman. Mm -hmm. I can fish a Ned rig. Great. Which means I should be able to fish a jig, but yeah. I guess it's more of a confidence thing. So that's been every time out when I know I'm feeling pretty good about a body of water, or what I'm doing, I've been trying to throw a jig a lot more. Yeah. Um, that's definitely, the, that's this year's area of improvement, I guess. So, I'm a big fan uh, of that. Like you make a, make some goals and you're like, so I want to focus on this and I want to work on such and such and you just work. And I mean, I think as, as, as an angler, it really brings you more into your own to challenge yourself like that. And, and even, even going so far as like, I'll choose to go to water that I know is super, super pressured and try something new and mm -hmm. then i feel like that just builds confidence even faster when you're like well i know that this is where every single person comes you know when they have their you know we saturday morning free or something and they're gonna come here and this mm -hmm. place gets fished heavy and it just it just kind of helps let's uh let's talk a little bit i'd love to actually get more information from you about any bassin um of you said you've been with them uh for for what three years now Yes. Three years yes. now. How long has any bass and bee together? Can you share a little bit of the history and, and the growth that it's gotten to this point? Sure. So any bass and has been in business for six years now. Yep. So this is their, their six year in business. The owner of the company, Jamie Verab, um, he has been doing tournaments down south all through college. Um, he also then came up here and started any bass. Um, where he started out, I think, with at least on the kayak side, I think the first year was like five anglers. We're up into the two hundreds right now um, oh, on the really? kayak side. Yes, they. So the company itself right now is all of New England. 
there's some type of trail in every single New England area. We have a big boat trail in New York and then a kayak trail actually in Missouri right now as well. Um, that's called our Coast to Coast series. Okay. Um, the kayak series has grown from just individual kayaks to team tournaments. Um, we also do a, a grudge match like I talked about earlier, which is kind of a 1v1 type of thing. Uh, we actually started an online series this year as well. Um, and this was before all the pandemic stuff came up. We just decided to do something different. Yeah. Um, there's other companies that do it, but we wanted to do one for our members as well. So that started up this year and kind of what we did with it, which makes it interesting or different is we did a, um, we actually added the big boats into it as well. So you have to have the board to measure and everything else. So we've made it, you know, we had 35 or 40 anglers in there in May, mm-hmm. uh, similar in June, April, we did the same thing. So it just makes it a little bit different, uh, than, you know, kind of what some of the other, other companies are doing out there. Yeah. And so far the kayak anglers have been coming in first place, uh, even against the big boats. So it kind of shows you no yeah, kidding. Anybody can fish out there. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's there's a few different tournaments that I've seen. You know, like I, some, some I've seen that some YouTubers organize where they're across the entire country and they open it up to pretty much everybody. Um, yep. You know, uh, any style of fishing, and you know, I mean, definitely that can you got to you got to go in. I think with a plan for that to be the most effective. But it's uh, it's definitely a great platform, and I love the idea. Like you guys are saying, like a one v one, where you're just like, so what do you do? You guys set up like a bracket? Is that how it works? Yeah, that's how that's how it works. So last year, I think we had 16 people in there. So it was a nice, easy bracket to go all the way yeah. down. This year, we only had, I think, 10 or 11 go into it. We all got together, myself and two other directors, mm-hmm. and came up with a plan of how to make it work. So we decided to make the first month a round-robin type event. So everybody fished against everybody, and gotcha. the top eight moved on to the next bre- next portion of it. So it was kind of everybody fished. If you, you know, whoever had the most length was the one seed, whoever had the last whoever finished in eighth was the eighth seed and then we just kind of seeded it out all yeah. the way from there so that's a good way of doing um, it yeah we just try to get creative mm-hmm. um you know some other stuff as far as any bass and i think we were counting at one of the fishing shows this year we have 29 different divisions across all of new england and then missouri obviously uh, so there's a little bit of something for everybody to get out there and fish yeah um and that's really the biggest thing it's it's not like a lot of the other places where you're kind of stuck you know if you fish with um, some of the local guys around here, you only fish with that one particular group. You can't, there's not anywhere else for you to expand. Yeah. Um, with any bass. And if I want to go fit, you know, I'm fishing my event this week, but then there's a Tuesday night big boat tournament. And if I had a bass boat, I could yeah. go and fish that event. Um, so, you know, you're not stuck just fishing your one division. Um, you know, I fish with the guys in Connecticut every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Same thing. They come up and fish with us. You know, we're right on the borders uh, from each other. So we try to keep it as open as possible. Um, we have end of the year year tournaments as well so we have our what are called our regionals mm-hmm. um i'm also the region i'm also the regional director for the team series so we're going to hold that at a connecticut lake this year where everybody who qualifies you need a certain amount of points by the end of the year yep. you qualify into the regional and that's kind of our i won't say it's a bigger money event but it's a little more money than what a normal you know none of us are getting rich fishing yeah. right now oh <laughs> so, no I, yeah absolutely yeah yeah, definitely. But it's a lot of fun. You meet a lot of great people through there. I mean, it's been a, a great company to fish with, and you know they they support us well. Uh, we also have you know uh, sponsors through Any Bassin who sponsor us, so we get discounts at different tackle companies. Yep. Um, comp- you know, just kind of one of the companies that we deal with is called LureNet. We actually get a fifty percent off discount through LureNet. So all your Yum baits, uh, Booyah baits, uh, Smithwick, mm-hmm. and there's about ten other ones that are all owned by this one company. 
and 50% off is nothing to sneeze at. I mean, you can no, you really get some good, good yeah. deals and that's open all of our members. So once you're a member, you can continue to use that. Um, you know, we get you an individualized code and you can go on there and buy as much stuff as you want and get 50% off every that's time. That's cool. So that's yeah. awesome. Do you guys have a cap for how many members you can have, or is it wide open? You just continue to um, grow and grow. The in Massachusetts, we're capped more so as far as how many entries we can have per tournament because they limit the amount of parking gotcha. that you can get. So it's based off of how many entries you can get per permit. So that's we don't really try to limit how many people can come in, but sometimes we can only have X amount of people. You know, if I only get seven spots for a team, unless everybody's carpooling, I can only have, you know, six, seven teams or whatever. Yeah. Play. So that also dictates how how we pick out our trails, too. Um, you know, we've gotten really creative over the years where we'll pull three per, you know, we may pull three different lakes and get the permits for those lakes. Mm -hmm. So that way we can expand how many people we have out there. So that way we're not just stuck with, you know, five people fishing, you know, we try to get, you know, anywhere, some events are, we have anywhere from 13 to 20 people per event and the same side on my side, my trail is still pretty small, but we have anywhere from three to six different teams. So yeah, you gotta get everybody out there. No, that's awesome. Um, That's why we. That's why you have so many different divisions too. So that way you can try to get as many people out as fishing as well. That's really what we're all about. We're all, we're about getting people out there, getting people fishing, you know, making, making new memories and new friendships along the way. So. I think that's, that's exactly what, uh, you know, the goal has to be when you're, when you're involved in this is just, if you're, if you're getting people out on the water and you're getting them to enjoy the sport of bass fishing and, you know, they're coming together, you're building community and you're, you're building the sport on its own. I think that's a win for everybody. Yeah, definitely. You know? Cool. Definitely. Man. That's really awesome. So if somebody is interested in getting in touch with New England Bassin, why don't you tell me how, how what's the best way to go about it? Um, where can they find out more information? Best place to start is uh, anybassin.com. That's our website. Mm-hmm. All the information of all the different trails is there. Uh, there's a director section with all of the directors. All of our contact information is there. So obviously anyone who has some information, you can contact me directly through that. Uh, yep. We're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, New England Bassin. You can find all the information through there. Um, you know, my trail is on there. I'll just kind of point you in all different directions of what, what we do. Um, but definitely the website's probably the easiest way to get on there. Yeah. Absolutely. That's cool. Cause I know that there's, there's, there's people who would be interested in checking that out to get, cause there's, there's a lot of people that I know that fish. What's, what's interesting is a lot of this actually ties into like, so I use fish brain a lot just to kind mm-hmm. of track and, and, and to sort of document my catches and know how I'm doing like each year about does that same time, am I improving or not? And, uh, and it's really handy, but one thing I do, only recently, I started running posts for the podcast, and I'm fairly sure that a lot of that has generated some some new listeners. But a lot of those real active uh, anglers that use that app and have discovered the podcast started reaching out to me, and I'm finding like you know they'll ask me questions about the tournament that I'm doing with with Chronic Trips. You know, it's just like just like a, a group of these aren't necessarily tournament anglers that are getting together. Most people that are doing this are just for fun, and uh, and it's also a a charity event because they're doing this so that they, they plant uh, trees in the, in the rainforest, uh, a part of this. So part some of this is, is also just, just as a fundraising sort of faction there. But a lot of, I'm I'm realizing that there's a lot of people that don't even realize that tournament fishing, it can be done on a scale where you can do it right in your backyard and you can have a real good time with a good group of people and kind of take that experience of going out on the water and, you know, kind of kick it up a little bit, you know, 
give it a little kick in the ass, so to speak, really. Exactly. And it's exactly. It, it's interesting as somebody like myself who I've never done it before, actually thinking like, no, 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 I'm not going to go fish here because I don't. There aren't large fish in this body of water. Where can I? It gets your your mind into a different sort of spot. When you guys run tournaments, how off? How long do they go? Are you doing, or do they vary? I mean, are, is everything on on a, one specific day generally, or will they last throughout a week or throughout a two week or a month long period? So obviously the monthly series is a month long period. So that'll be from the beginning to the end, but for a regular tournament event, it's usually anywhere from six to eight hours. Yeah. Uh, So we're not out there all day. Um, You know, we all have families and whatever else, you know, we're doing this for fun. I've been running mine a little bit longer this year. Yep. Um, And I try to, I try to base it on the the body of water, how big it is, how much travel time there's going to be, you know, we're all, you know, it's a time management thing when you're fishing, fishing like that. So you want to try to keep it, you know, give people time if possible. Um, we also look at if it's a high rec lake, uh, we try to do that at different times of the year when we're trying to pick out where you're going to go. So there's going to be a lot of big boats out there. I I make sure to start that tournament an hour earlier. Normally we start at seven. The lake we're fishing at uh, Onada this week is, can be a pretty high rec lake. So we're getting out there at six o'clock in the morning. And even though I'd rather run that one till two, we're off the water by one. Cause I want to try to get out of there before. All a lot of the other boaters. people are kind of hit the, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we try to take safety into account too. So oh, that's definitely. a lot of when we look at it, you know, try to keep everybody safe and looking at it. But you know, we do a couple events that may be like two day events, but those are kind of some of our championship events and the individuals. So we'll do two different lakes on two different days. So it's a Saturday Sunday type thing. Yeah, um, we usually don't. A couple couple of our big boat series actually run like a Tuesday night series just for something different. So guys that have to work weekends or whatever, have a day to go out and do something during the week too. That's so, cool. Um, yeah, we get, we can get pretty, we can get as creative as we want with it. If we wanted to run a Monday night series, we could do, you know, whatever. Um, oh yeah. And I'm sure cool, so. for the one V one stuff too, that's gotta be really handy. If you're like, you know, we're going to use this body of water, you know, we'll get together on a Tuesday and there's no, Correct. You know, the, there's there's not going to be any recreation happening there, other than maybe the occasional kayaker that's going out for whatever reason. But for the, yeah. although actually, I'll tell you right now, I'll bet you there are more people going out on weekdays. I've noticed it just not only fishing but boating as well. Uh, yeah, I I agree. I've seen I've seen exponentially uh, people more people out on the water than ever before, whether yeah. fishing or or just out there paddling, doing whatever. Um, we fished. A, Lake we just fished at Richmond Pond out in Pittsfield. We fished there earlier this spring, and I could not believe we got there. You know, we're loading up, we're getting out on the water, we're doing yeah. our thing, and then there was probably thirteen bass boats on this lake, and it's you know maybe two hundred acre lake. You know, there's just wow. people everywhere. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. it was crazy. It they was absolutely crazy how it. many people are out. Yeah, they yeah. got they got the time. Why not? Uh, there's and, mm-hmm. and 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 there's 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 also. This is also like a really good time for fishing, not only as a sport, but as an industry, because mm-hmm. you do, you have more and more, but like, uh, there's always a bad side to, to growth. I mean, there's always, you know, uh, people are going to, you know, start being able to gather and there's going to be other distractions going on. So they may not stick with fishing, you know, for the long haul, but in reality, there's so many people that have never fished before that are just trying it. I think that that's got to be good for the sport overall, the growth in the long game. Exactly. I agree a hundred percent with that because, you know, 
we're all out there fishing. We're promoting our events. You're promoting your, your podcast as you go through. And the more people we kind of reach out to yeah. and, and be able to network with, yep. um, that's, that's how you grow, you know, the, the industry, at least in my opinion, you know, you've got to reach out to other people as you're getting out there. Um, I did at a young kid who came up to me at a, when I was out fishing the other day and he's like, you know, talking about my kayak, you know, a lot of people have never seen the PDLs before. So him and I were kind mm-hmm. of going back and forth at it and it came on to tournament fishing and you know, what I do with it, it being a director and everything and kind of, you know, getting him involved and saying, Hey, come look us up and get in touch with us. Come out and fish. Yeah. So, um, you know, you got to get more people out there. I mean, we want to grow. It's not about, like I said, it, none of us are getting rich doing this it, right now. Yeah. Um, or I don't think I ever will. Um, so I just want to go out and fish and have a good time and, and make it as competitive as possible. I mean, I'm, I'm a very competitive person and I want to, you know, I want to win just as much as the, as anybody else, but I also love, you know, loving seeing somebody new come out yeah. and really start to put it together and start to start to make that, uh, that transition to yeah. make it more competitive. There's definitely got to uh, be a sense of pride when you're when you're working with an organization like Any Bassin, and you see some of these newer anglers that come out and they're kind of green, but to see the growth that they kind of have yeah. kind of coming all together, I think that's got to be amazing. You know, when you see, especially like young kids that come out and you're just like, I can remember you were struggling with such and such, or you're not sucked or whatever, to now you're like, mm-hmm. you're killing it. You know, it's just yeah. like, you know, there's, there's so much more education, so much more growth. It's just, it's, it, that's yeah. awesome. One thing I forgot to mention with any Bassin is we actually have a high school series down in Connecticut as well. Oh, you do? So we do. Um, they actually just had their first tournament of the season uh, today, but it, it's really cool. I mean, one of the kids that who it's all run by the ki- kids in Connecticut. Yep. So they have a senior who's a director. I think a junior who's a director. I think there might be three of them all together. And these kids do a great job. They put the tournament series together themselves. Mm-hmm. They run the, they run the event themselves. No uh, the only thing the owner of the company helps out with is the financial side of it, making sure checks are in and taking care of all that stuff yeah. for them. But they do everything else. Um, and the, one of the kids down there, Dylan, he's actually going to Bethel college next year on a fishing scholarship. No kidding. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Now, see, it I, is. I just had a conversation with a friend of mine about, uh, high school, uh, high school fishing. If that was because if there was a trend there with the schools kind of being organized locally, I don't know that that's necessarily the case. But I mean, long term, anything's possible. Uh, yeah. But that's that's real. That's that's a good way to kind of get into it. And when you bring in an outside organization to kind of help orchestrate it, but you put the responsibility on the kids that are in there, they really kind of learn how the whole thing works, like how the tournaments work, and you know, it, it's not just showing up. And fishing all day long it's like they kind of mm-hmm. they do the work on their own that's really cool yeah the prep work that goes into it to yep. get get the season ready applying for permits doing all the things you got to do there then then getting yourself ready for the tournament you know yeah. they're we're putting posts out on you know through instagram through facebook all the time you're trying to promote it as much as possible um myself and a couple other directors we put together prize packs so we actually take some of our money you know, we get our discounts through our, through some of our sponsors, but I buy price packs for everybody. So yeah. at the end of end of an event, um, I hand out, you know, it could be $30 worth of Z-Man lures and a couple other things in, the, in a plastic bag that somebody can go out and use the next time they fish. Yeah, exactly. So I will tell you last year, the two guys, um, it consistently came in second or second or third or whatever. And they were winning prize packs all year. They like those more than when they cash checks this year, they were, <laughs> we, oh, yeah. we enjoy the, the lures that you're handing us. What's so. funny. It's, it's funny you say that because the second you tell somebody at, a, at an event, like, Oh yeah, there's a swag bag. They're like, Oh, well that changes things. All of a sudden my, exactly. my schedule opened up. 
I've considered mm-hmm. doing that when I host trivia games. The same idea. Jeremy, this has been really, really good. Um, just one more time. If anybody wants to con- do me a favor, let people know where they can find you. If you have uh, any social media links or anything you want to mention. And also if they want to get more information about uh, any Bassin. All right. So for any Bassin, you want to look us up at uh, www.anybassin.com. Uh, all of our information is on there. You can find, get in touch with uh, any of the directors under the director section. All the all the rules that we have and you know what the organization is about is on our website as well. Uh, as far as far as finding me, you can find me at Jeremy Andrews on Facebook, um, and then also through uh, Facebook, you can look under the uh, Any Bassin uh, Western Mass uh, Kayak Series. If you type that in there, you'll start to pull up all all of our information there as well through Facebook. So that, that's the easiest way to find me right now. Awesome. Awesome, Jeremy. Hey, thank you very much for doing this, man. This episode will air in two, so not this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. So a week from Tuesday, awesome. this will be up there. And so do me a favor. Uh, one last thing. Just send me a picture. You Ideally, something like holding a big fish. And I'll use that. that for the artwork for that specific episode. Awesome. Yeah, I'll look. I'll go through and find something now. Yeah. So, awesome, I've got man. I've got one in mind from uh, from two weeks ago. So yeah, yeah caught, caught a nice caught a nice on a twenty and a twenty and a quarter largemouth a couple weeks ago. So. Oh, very so nice. Oh, that's epic what I'm fish. For. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. It was in about a foot and a half of water. I didn't didn't see the fish come in from anywhere. Just just the swirl on the top. It's the only top water fish I've caught all caught all this year, and hey, it was uh, absolute awesome. giant. So. Nice. What'd you what'd you throw? It was a uh, it was this little buzz frog. Booyah oh, makes okay. it. It's got like a little plastic paddle tail on the back of it. Yep. And only bite I got on the frog all day, but I'll take it. So no kidding. It That's awesome, man. So, yeah. all, right. all right. Well, thanks, Jeremy. All we right. will, we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Uh, tight lines. Awesome. And have a good you one, too. buddy. I told you guys we did absolutely have a good show, and I, I, I feel like we delivered. I feel 100% like we delivered. There's a lot of good stuff going on, guys. I hope everybody had a happy Father's Day. Uh, I sure as hell did. My uh, my girls got me, uh, they spoiled me, which was nice. I like that. They they got me a new favorite mug. You can check out the picture I posted on the Jigs and Bigs Instagram page. It is absolutely my brand new favorite mug. And uh, it'll get a whole, a whole lot of loot use around here at the uh, Jigs and Bigs Studios, which is my house house in my uh, makeshift office. Good stuff, everybody. I am really, really, really excited about uh, what is going on with this show. Uh, Our listeners are some of the best uh, out there. Thank you all very, very much for everything. Uh, We are within... Like a handful of likes on our on fo- or follows rather on our Instagram page of hitting a thousand. That's major, and I think it's time to start thinking about doing some kind of a contest. I think it's only right. It's just it's the way it should be, and uh, we'll we'll put something together and make it work for you. But we'll thank you so much already, everybody who has been uh, liking and commenting on on all of our posts. And I mean, I, I look at the analytics for all these episodes, and you guys are are digging the show. And the best part is the feedback that comes back through apps like Fishbrain or, or, or Instagram or just even direct emails. One other thing I want to mention over at jigsandbigs.com, there is a contact page with a form you can fill out there. If you have any kind of suggestions or just want to be a guest on the show, that's a great way to do it. So why don't you go over to jigsandbigs.com right now and just set it as a bookmark. Or if you're really, really into it, set it as your landing page. So when you open up your browser, you're right there. Imagine that. 
Imagine that. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, guys, thanks so much. You guys are all awesome. I really, really appreciate you guys listening and, again, reaching out with some uh, other information. I got lots more guests coming up. I'm actually starting to have to put together a list because we'll be uh, you know, loading up with many, many interviews as we go. And some of our episodes may get a couple of guests mixed together. Like We might end up putting some stuff where we have uh, shorter interviews with uh, two different guests and, and, and kind of go you know, um, from one to the other. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I got a feeling it's going to be a very, very busy summer, and I love it. I'm very excited about it. Uh, thanks so much, everybody. Uh, I appreciate all the feedback. You guys are absolutely wonderful. Have yourselves a great week. Remember, like I say, uh, tight lines, and we'll see you next week. 